0: That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Well, that's what she said.
1: Welcome to That's What She Said, conversations with interesting people from the world of sports, music, comedy, and more talking about their lives, careers, successes,
2: and failures. I'm Julie Fowdy, and my dilemma is I have a friend who went to SNL, as in SNL in New York City, Yes. She got to meet the entire cast and crew backstage, Kate McKinnon, I hear, probably my best friend, Tina Fey, and I don't even get an invite. And I was in New York. What do I do about that? What do I do?
1: Ah, the tables have turned, haven't they, Fowdy? I seem to recall just last Tuesday night when I was eating dinner in my hotel room alone, watching HGTV all by myself. A certain photo of you backstage with Tina Fey at Mean Girls on Broadway pops up on my Insta feed, and I find out later you were invited by Tina Fey herself. You brought a crew of a dozen or more people with you, and I was in New York, and I didn't get the invite. So I guess it's cool that I got to hang out with the SNL cast and be around Emma Thompson and the Jonas Brothers and got to talk to Kate McKinnon and Questlove and Chris Rock and Chris Bosch and Adam Pally and Alex Moffin and Ego Nuota. Maybe next time, if you'd invited me to hang out with Tina Fey, I would have invited you to go hang out with the SNL people. In fact, maybe next time we should combine forces. We could roll together to hang out with badass female celebs we've been stalking for years and we could both benefit So you call my people, I'll call your people. Let's make this happen. The commish has spoken. By the way, check out Julie's new podcast, Laughter Permitted, which features fun, thoughtful, candid conversations with trailblazers in sports about the joy and chaos of life and sports. Laughter and donuts are permitted. She gets really awesome guests. Check it out. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: That's what she said.
1: Hey, welcome to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Super pumped for you guys to get to hear my conversation with a couple of the 99ers on the 20-year anniversary of their amazing World Cup run. I sat down with Julie Foudy, Christine Lilly, Brianna Scurry, and Brandy Chastain at the ESPNW Summit NYC, and we talked about their magical 1999 win, the sponsorships and opportunities that followed – whether they feel their legacy was realized when it comes to female athletes in sports. They also told some crazy stories about creating their own indoor tour when the U.S. Soccer Federation wouldn't bet on their success. Also, the power of working as a team off the field and how they're seeing that repeated in women's teams now. Plus, they gave us a World Cup preview that gets us to be as informed as we can be as Paris 2019 approaches, and Foudy swears a bunch despite being told not to. So here's a slightly edited but mostly intact panel discussion from the 99ers at the summit. Now it's time for my panel with the 99ers. It's brought to you by TSO. Tissot, the official watch of the NBA. Shop at us.tsoshop.com.
3: Something I would never dream up in my life. I think we wanted to leave the game in a better
0: place. We celebrated everyone being who they were.
2: There's 20 individuals, but at the end of the day, it's the team that comes first. No better team to emulate that than the 20 of us.
0: They got to the peak. They changed the face of women's sports and women's soccer forever. 120 minutes in intense heat and pressure. And now, the biggest pressure of your life: Their most important penalty kicks ever.
3: I just waited for the whistle, and I never took my eyes off the ball. Go! The United States has won. Once it hit the net, it was literally like this explosion of colors and light. The
0: United States has won the Women's World Cup. It was a
3: journey. It was a process for all of us to get to that point, and. I mean, it's changed everything we know about.
1: 16th, mark your calendars. But first, you're gonna get to hear from some of them today. And we're gonna start with ESPNW writer, ESPN commentator, author, two-time World Cup champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist, amazing doer of the worm, Julie Fowdy. world cup champion olympic gold medalist coach and soccer commentator she of the sports bra brandy chastain (laughs) world cup champion two-time olympic gold medalist coach author still the world's all-time leader in international appearances male or female with 354 christine Lilly. Legendary U.S. goalkeeper, a member of the United States women's national team's all-time best 11, two-time Olympic gold medalist, World Cup champion, Brianna Scurry. We found a treasure trove of amazing old ads and sponsorships and things you did. So quickly, let's go. I want to hear the coolest thing you
2: got to do at the height of your fame back then. Oh. Whoa. Coolest
4: thing we got to do at the height of our fame—oh, going on the Air Force One plane, one of them. That was pretty cool. We, because there was going to be what was the name of that female astronaut that was going to launch at the Kennedy
2: Center. That's yeah, pretty good. We all good. have great memories. We went down. <laughs> <laughs> a long time That's what ago. I'm wishing I had.
3: I guess it has been 20 years. Yeah. yeah. You're asking me to go back
1: a long time. Um, well, of course, you remember last night when you hung out with Tina Fey and didn't invite me. So <laughs> that's a cool thing you did recently.
2: Tina, our BFF
1: now. <laughs> um, that was rad. Yeah. i Mean bet. girls. I can only the imagine. Have you seen it? Yeah.
4: yeah. So, so good. Go see.
1: Um, okay. Let's, let's 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 go back. And one of the anecdotes that you've often told, Julian, in case people here haven't heard it yet, I just think this encapsulates so much about what was expected of you as a team and how you blew those expectations out of
2: the water. The bus anecdote. (laughs) So rewind to the very first game of the Women's World Cup. And mind you, we had opted to go into bigger stadiums and do a national Women's World Cup and FIFA, the governing body that oversees soccer, had thought we were a little bit crazy. They wanted to put it in smaller stadiums, keep it regional, and we said, no, we're going to put on a Women's World Cup, we're going to go big, but we had no idea if people would actually show up. (laughs) And so we pronounced that we were going to do this in Giant Stadium, and we literally didn't know. We spent a lot of time building the tournament and hoping people would show up, but we're going to our first game, and we're in the bus, and... There's all this traffic on the turnpike, and we're thinking, what in the heck is going on? Well, and we had
3: an escort with the police, so we thought we would go fast. So that
4: was even more like, like, it's New York, New Jersey, you don't go fast. We're like, this is weird. This is so much traffic.
2: (laughs) We're going to miss our game. (laughs) (laughs) And then we are, like, looking out the bus, and we're seeing all the cars, and we... Suddenly realized that the cars have like Go USA and We Love You Mia. And, um, and we realized, holy shit. Yes, I didn't holy swear shit. first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rach. <laughs> that traffic is for us. Yeah. And, um, and so that I think was the first indication of, huh, we might be onto something here with this. Yeah with this tournament.
1: We have a clip of when you guys were told about a pretty momentous thing here. The
0: game last night It sold 74,200 tickets, which means in all likelihood it will be a sell-off.
5: Yeah! (laughs) Um, We
1: didn't like to have
2: much fun on that. (laughs) No, it doesn't seem
1: like it. Um, But that was the moment where you believed in yourself, you bought in on yourself, and it paid off, and you proved wrong people who said, go small, go regional. Um, Brandy, while we're reminiscing, I heard you recently uh, had your own transportation anecdote. You were on a plane and uh, was you were reminded for the billionth time of the time you took your shirt off.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I was traveling down to Los Angeles and my son was supposed to be coming with me and at the last minute, we had a change. When was this, Brandy? Set
2: the scene, please. <laughs> Thanks, Captain. <laughs> Give them some perspective.
3: It was March.
2: The we- reunion weekend. Just yeah. a few weeks ago. Just for ago. the weekend
3: for, you know, when we got together. 2019. Yeah? Reunion. reunion for the 99. And it was a cloudy day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a 7 a.m. flight. And that's why my son said, no, I'm not going. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I got on the plane and took my seat, just as you do on Southwest. I picked the best one right in the middle. And and everybody's on, and all of a sudden it's like, "Uh, is there a Brandy Chastain on this flight? And I was like, oh, man. What did you forget? (laughs) forget? (laughs) Yeah, what, what did you forget? Are you supposed to be traveling with someone else? And I said, they're not coming. <laughs> and he goes, and then he goes, Shh, Are you going to take your shirt off? <laughs> and the whole plane was like, Wow! Ah! That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. good. And then I did it.
1: And then you did.
3: <laughs> she did. Um, Maybe today. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, Brian, I've heard you talk about how um, <laughs> what's so nice about some of the memories surrounding that time is that it's a moment in time for people that is associated with something great. Yes. So often where we, when we say we remember where we were, it's for something tragic. But you've had so many people come up and tell you that they remember where and who they were with and all that.
5: Yeah, I was just talking to Jules earlier um, about a gentleman who, mid-50s, um, avid sports fan, you know, hardcore he was telling me about how he was in a bar and watching, you know, your typical sports and all these people were watching the women's world cup and he couldn't believe like how riveted they were to the TV. And he became emotional as well. And they were all just watching us in the, in the final. And he was telling me this and he's like, I'm not someone who watches women's sports. I don't know anything about soccer. I I never watch women's sporting event ever. And he's like, he was so, I was just looking at him and he was there and he was so emotional and he was so intent on telling me how he felt he wanted to share mm-hmm. and he's like, I have never seen anything like that in all my years of watching sports he's like, I've seen, you know, Giants win this and this team do that and he's like you girls were absolutely amazing and, and he's like, it really changed how I looked at, at women's, women's athletics mm-hmm. and it was really yeah, cool to see him like yeah.
4: that yeah.
1: Unfortunately, there aren't nearly as many times with women's sports where everybody stops. And this was one of them. And... uh Lily, you... Can I call you Lily? Everyone calls Lily. <laughs> you can. Uh, we're,
2: we're best friends now. You're be, you're um, uh,
1: you actually... Someone told you about having to board a plane at the exact worst time, right?
4: Yeah. So there was um, a, a story. I mean, like Bryce said, there's so many stories. And there's this group that was getting ready to get on their flight. And the game was going to penalty kicks, but they had a board. So they are all like, oh, my gosh, how are you doing this? So they board the plane... And then when they get on the plane and, and seated, the captain comes on and is like, ladies, the U.S. team just won pl- I, ch- I get choked up whenever I talk yeah. about this. And the whole plane just erupted because they were riveted and, and everything about the game. But just uh, it's the stories that came about from that summer. Um, there's just so many that just make us feel good because our goal is to win the World Cup. But I, I don't think we realized what was going to happen mm-hmm. when we did. Actual weddings were delayed. People
0: Mm -hmm. waited to walk down the aisle. They pulled Foudy that
1: story too. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're in this moment. You guys have all these sponsorships and commercials and appearances, and you come back and you're on top of the world. Mm. Um, Do you think your legacy has been realized? Do you think what you thought then would happen as a result of you guys
2: has happened? Mm. We, We talk about this a lot and especially now that we're two de- decades beyond it. Um, and I think the legacy we dreamt of was, can we show everyone what is possible? Mm-hmm. Not just with women's soccer, but with women's sports. And if you invest the time and energy, they spent four years literally marketing and going to the grassroots. And we had an organizing committee like you do with men's events. Mm-hmm. And, the result was people showed up, mm-hmm. and we wanted people to see that if you do invest and tap into this market, that you will get a return. And the frustrating thing, I think, for me I'm, and maybe you guys feel differently, but uh, is that we thought it would be a catalyst that propelled women's sports forward faster. And it's happened at a slower pace than I had hoped, and especially with women's soccer. I thought this was going to be the moment where globally countries all over, because in women's soccer, it's, it's, it's a very still male-dominated sport, and they don't allow women to play in many countries. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if they see this, this will change their mindsets, and you're going to shift cultures. And what I've learned is shifting cultures takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so it's been frustratingly slow to see the progress. I feel like we're at a huge tipping point with women's soccer right now where countries are finally seeing the light. They're having this epiphany of like, oh, my gosh, I'm surprised that the country has responded. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> That's
5: twice. Two dollars.
2: And I'm like, when are we going to stop being surprised that people show up when you actually invest in that market? And so that has been slower than I had hoped. Would, do you agree? Disagree? No, I, I, I think that's true. But I
3: think, you know, we talk about, I was with Abby not too long ago with you know, her new book that's out and, you know, talking about how grateful we are for things mm-hmm. and that we spend a lot of time saying how how grateful we are to have things. But I think Julie's right that even though I'm grateful of where we are, It still is when I, like, people say, what do you think about the women's national team, you know, wanting equity, you know, and equality? And I'm like, I'm exhausted over this Mm -hmm. conversation, and I'm frustrated. But I'm also energized by their courage to continue fighting, because for as much as I am upset about it taking so long, I am happy where we are, but we still have to keep pushing, and that's... I think for this group of women that we've been with and the group of women that are now going to take the stage uh, in France, you, they will have to continue
5: to be pushy and be loud, and so will you. I think also with regards to that, um, one example I can give you specifically. When we were um, just recently with the current team at our reunion it was amazing and then I saw one of the bullet points of the things that their last um, collective bargaining agreement allowed them to have and it was equal flights classification of flights and hotels as the men's team and I'm like hmm that took a long time <laughs> it was just just as mm-hmm. the last time they finally got it and I was like damn that took a long time. That's like a no-brainer when I was asking other people, what do you think about this? Oh, they, what, were they smaller? I mean, don't they deserve to fly in first <laughs> class? I mean, what, what's the problem exactly? So there's that part of it. But then there's the other part that the current environment with the Me Too movement and Time's Up, and I think with different things happening and women's empowerment and so many people getting behind equality, I think it's it's getting as close as it's going to get. To happening, I think it's going to happen soon. Yeah. I really do. I feel like different companies are getting on board, you know, with uh, the Luna Bars covering the the gaps in, in in the pay for the women women and men, and different companies are getting involved. And I think that's going to put applied pressure on U.S. Soccer Federation. I hope to do the right thing. And I think it's 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 now really really close to, to happening.
1: Lily, Brandy just said she's kind of exhausted. Mm-hmm. There's a specialness to you guys continuing to be invited to talk about what you did, right? Because for, for some, they're sort of forgotten the greatness of what they did. And for you, that's great. There's also the expectation of continuing to represent something, mm-hmm. even 20 years later when you would hope that somebody else would have stepped in to represent that thing. Um, how do you feel about continuing... To, to stand for something and and maybe wish that you'd gotten farther since you started standing for it
4: yeah well I, it is is it is it is frustrating I think I'm at the point with it all just like why aren't we just doing what's right from the start you know like make these choices better be proactive instead of the players having to push a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the players do have a platform and what the US team is doing with that platform has been great. And it's not only affecting here but it's affecting, you know, the rest of the world. I mean, you can see the impact they've had on on other um organizations, you know, England, Canada, all the all those players are like, well, look what the US is doing and they're ma- they're taking a stand. So the more that's happening, it's affecting globally and then it affects these new countries that are in the World Cup like uh South Africa, Chile and Jamaica, where they're getting their first chance to be in a World Cup and getting the taste of it and then going back. And their organizations have to do something. Mm -hmm. They have to support that because of where they are. So it's making a bigger impact. And I think now we just continue to be proactive, do the right things. These companies get behind the women because obviously they represent and they have an effect on society right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Fowder, you talked about how um, you and cami granado from the women 's u s hockey team used to sit and have conversations about how you could make things mm-hmm. better and you 're watching what 's happening with hockey now which we 're going to have a panel talking about that later, but thinking to yourself, this could have started these conversations mm-hmm. and this push seventeen years ago if Cami mm-hmm. would have had the support she wanted
2: mm-hmm. exactly and I think the women's hockey team realized that as well. They got to a point recently, just a year and a half ago or so, where they said, why, why are we still dealing with this? When this was an issue that Cammie tried to fight, you know, two decades prior. And so when you look at the trajectory too of the two teams with Uh, Our team playing in the 99 World Cup after and the sport growing like this and the number of kids playing and the, the marketing and the investment into it. And that happened because we litigated that in terms of a contract and that was in a collective bargaining agreement and they weren't able to be successful. And that speaks too, I think, as well, to the power of unity mm-hmm. in this team, that we were willing to risk everything, not go to an Olympics. At one negotiation, Mia actually said to the president of U.S. Soccer, I'd be happy to retire right now. We just won a World Cup. I'm good. Jules, are you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, too. As, you know, he she knows full so well Nike would not be OK with her retiring, <laughs> <laughs> and neither would U.S. Soccer. And that was the power we had, is you can try and talk us uh, down negotiating, but we're going to stick together. And that's a hard thing for teams to get to, as Cammie discovered with hockey. Them finally getting to that place where they were able to unify, finally enacting some change. And that's a battle they're going to continue to have to wage, though. I think that's something that
3: <clears throat> I've had this conversation a lot. And I think that is a topic for everybody because... We, we go out into whatever it is that we do in our regular day jobs and, you know, it's hard to stand alone and say those things. And I think that's the biggest thing that women, I, I don't want to say fear, but I think in a way we do because if we're too bold and we're too confident and we put ourselves out there and we don't have a team, we may lose that thing, right? So how do we balance you know, being that courageous woman that we are, smart and intelligent and confident and capable, if we don't have that support system, I think that's the, really the, the conversation that needs to be had for women who don't have a team like this to stand behind. So, And we sh- then we should get beyond that conversation because it should be over.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Time for a quick break, and then more That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash said. That's right, said. I've got my own ads. I don't need your ads, Stugatz. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash said. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-A-I-D. ZipRecruiter.com slash said. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
0: That's what she said.
1: One of you guys have mentioned the, the Federation. One of the craziest things that I found out was that coming back from this incredible World Cup where you're trying to then say, "How do we build off what just happened?" that u s soccer said, "We have a great idea. You guys should go to Africa <laughs> not the US, not make some friendlies where all your fans can see you. Let's send you to a different continent. Um, how do you?" Get things done if the people in charge in those kind of places still don't get it.
4: (laughs) A lot of that in
5: this. I think think it comes back to the unity again. I mean, obviously that wasn't a logical thing to do, to go to Africa right after that momentous moment. But I think you have to get unified and then you have to actually sit down and let's have a conversation about what do you want? and what does that look like and and have it there so that when somebody asks you or when you go up against the the other side and the sad thing is it is is it's still adversarial between the players and the federation even though it really shouldn't be anymore but it is and you have to know what you want and these ideas although all ideas are seen as important and relevant some are more relevant than others, and you need to know exactly what you want and, and how to move forward together. And the unity is the key to it, because our fight, I mean, right now I talked to a lot of the girls on the team currently, and I said, you know what, what's great about you guys is you understand your social responsibility as, as a player on the national team. And they understand it as well as anybody does. And their job is to take that baton and move it forward. And they're doing that. And it's, it's, it's not easy. And I think with the hockey team, they just weren't there yet Mm -hmm, when Cammie mm -hmm. was doing it. Like you said, she was standing out there by herself. And unfortunately, she couldn't get, you know, her, her line to agree to stand with her, let alone her entire, her entire team.
2: And I will add, it's one of the greatest lessons in my life is that when they said to us, you know, we kept asking, what are we doing? We're having this moment and this momentum and let's capitalize on it. And this is years ahead of the 99 World Cup. And when the response we got was, well, we're thinking about a trip to Africa. We didn't just go, what? That's crazy. And then stop there. What we did is we said. That's stupid. <laughs> and we are going to, and after we pushed them, pushed them, pushed them, let's think bigger. Let's think domestically. How do we grow it here? And they were not moving. We decided as a group, and this is a great lesson, go get it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So we went and hired a marketing team. Wow. As the players. As the players. This is how we started our Players Association, to go put on an indoor tour because U.S. soccer couldn't control indoor venues. And we had been doing an indoor tour with Mia for her brother, Garrett, who was was battling cancer. And we realized every year we would do this fundraiser game for him. This is fun. We're playing indoors. There's music. Mm -hmm. And so we did a 10-game indoor tour. We got paid a lot of money. We got Toys R Us to sponsor it. And we told them about it and they never fought us. And then the day after we won the World Cup, there was a full page ad about our indoor tour that US soccer wasn't a part of and they tried to sue us. Oh. And we were like, uh, uh-uh. uh, too late. Brothers, <laughs> Cause that's what it was, a bunch of brothers. Still is mostly. Right. Uh, uh, too late. You, you know, you didn't think this way. We were smart enough to have the foresight and we got paid like two million bucks collectively to do an indoor Sweet. tour. And that became, they ended up having to buy that. Wow. (laughs) That became what is now the victory tour that they do today and the players are always like how come we have to play 10 games we're like well that's, <laughs> I, sorry. that's Back then, way. we didn't play a lot we needed to make <laughs> we some needed money we needed to make some <laughs> money <laughs> sorry
4: but like, like uh, that's that's the power of the team yep. i mean and they're the 99 team or any team everyone's got their strengths on the team and weaknesses and the power we have we're all personalities were so different but our mentality and our vision was all the same and we just different people stepped up different times to make things happen. And that's, that was so great to be part of that group.
1: That's such an inspiring story, so I hate to follow it with the fact that you just had a 99ers reunion at LAFC. There were 30,000 fans for that friendly of the current team getting prepped for the World Cup, mm-hmm. and they did not announce that the 99ers would all be there until the Friday before a Sunday game. <laughs> so unfortunately, we are That's fighting the same... I know you got <laughs> two whole days to yeah. plan it. Um So why is that still happening? Why like U S women's hockey came off their world cup win and they were in Chicago, the whole team. And I didn't hear about it. And I work in sports and I, I cover women's sports. One of the agents had to direct message me on Twitter and say, Hey, did you know the whole women's hockey teams in Chicago right now? They haven't told anyone you guys can go watch their, their friendlies. You can watch them practice. You can meet them. Why is this still happening? I mean, you guys can speak to the soccer side where you kept buying and betting on yourselves and proving it. To the point where they then had to buy and pay for the thing you
2: created. Mm-hmm. Why don't they know it's to not, get it's ahead? It's not top of mind, In your, and that's the culture you're having to shift right. at USA Hockey, at US Soccer. Although US Soccer has been forced to to push it top of mind, but it's a it's a perfect example. It's, it's not it's not something where they think will resonate. And I had fans saying, God, if we had only known, we would have come from New York, we would have come from Phoenix, we would have come from Nevada. I mean, cross coast even. Um, And that's the thing that you have to shift, which is why we need more women coming through who wake up every day and say. and, and, And I don't want to just say women because there's great men doing great work as well. But who's waking up every day going, ah, this is something we should be thinking about. And let's put that at the top of our list. And right now, you're not seeing it with a lot of national governing bodies. Right. Uh,
1: 2015, another cultural phenomenon. Uh, That women's game, World Cup, the most watched soccer game in the history of the United States, men's or women's, which is why it should be top of mind, because they're winning. They're actually making the World Cup, then winning it and making money. (laughs) Sorry. Uh Uh, Just the facts. (laughs) Keep it real. Um... (laughs) Did that feel from afar, and I, I know you weren't too far off. A lot of you were commentating or, or interacting with the, the team. Did that feel similar to, the, to 99?
5: For me, it, it was something that helped me come full circle. So we went from being the ones playing on the field and doing our thing and, and, and trying to win and inspire. And then I went to that game and I was in the stands watching them do the thing. And so, in that regard, in terms of my heart and impact and all of that, it was amazing. Um, in terms of how it felt impact-wise, like, after the game, you know, socially and all that, um, that one there, Abby Wambach, it was, for me, amazing to see. After they won, she went over and kissed her, at the time, partner. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a picture of that. And during that World Cup, a lot of the women who are gay were highly focused on in a good way. So that is something that has advanced a lot with this, this uh, 2015 team in comparison to 99. Um, and I think that's a huge, Change um, in terms of diversity that a lot of people don't necessarily note, but I think that has definitely improved over time.
1: Yeah, you know, Abby at the ESPYs was honored along with Peyton and uh, Eli all or not Eli. I wish she would retire no offense Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I forgot him in New York. Good one. He's great. Also, great draft pick. Definitely you not a reach. Um, <laughs> 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 Sorry, Kobe Kobe, and Peyton and Abby, all honored at the ESPYs at the same time. And she said exactly what you said earlier. I'm so grateful for the career I had. I'm so grateful to be honored. And then she looked at the two men with her and realized they never had to work a day in their lives. They were so rich and so powerful from what they had accomplished while she has the most goals in the history of anyone ever mm-hmm. and she said what do i have to do now for my job what do i have to do now to live mm-hmm. and how different their paths were stretching out in front of them after they both had they all had just given their whole lives to the same thing worked just as hard mm-hmm. that's something that comes up a lot in in terms of women's sports just being a, at least recognized that you're doing the same amount of work that you care as much that it means as much to you that it's as much of your life how do we
4: Get people to buy into that and, and accept that and understand it? Well, we were, Brandon and I were just talking, like, we're just trying to make a living right now, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, coaching, um, writing a book. Um, put, it it up, the, put it up, yeah. put it, it up. get uh, it Good segue, good segue. That's the pub that. There it is. But now we're trying to figure out, oh, look at that. How nice. you, does that
2: feel? Little, hold, it hold it up, Lil. Yes.
4: You can
1: keep it. out. So buy it at,
4: at any bookstore near you, and Amazon, yeah. and I'm sure. But the thing about it, it's like we're, I'm still trying to figure out what to do and make a living and make a uh, life for myself. And, um, these guys helped me realize what it takes of being part of a team that you need. It. And I think the, the big thing we figured is when we played, we supported each other, and we were fighting for positions. You know, I mean, it wasn't like we're Brandy and I are just going to be on the team. We had to push each other, but then we supported the successes of each other because we knew that would overall help all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know what we have to continue to do out here is, is support each other. I know whatever field you're in, and you do great work or move up. You get, yeah good job good job you know um because in a way it's if she's going to do better then i'm going to do better and i think that's what we're missing a little bit in that at teamwork overall and everything that we do for for women is to have each other's back and make each other feel better and feel good and appreciative and even if there's some struggles hey we move on and we we push through and that's that's what we learned playing together and it's helped me in my life and continues to help me
1: does your book have any secrets for playing across four decades, being the <laughs> youngest person ever to score a goal for U.S. Women's National Team, and the oldest person ever to score a goal for the U.S.? <laughs> no, that Yes. That's yeah. a, hey, doing um, homework. homework? like, what do you, do you have? Just like a take-home for us that maybe doesn't involve too much work or oh, yeah. discipline. Or...
5: <laughs>
4: hey there, the super easy. Buy wedding. the
5: book. <laughs> Buy the book. There you go. You
4: Need a little recliner and big bag and relax. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, just all little tidbits to help me, you know, help us be better at what we do on the team and help your group be better as an organization. Um, But it takes it takes a team to do it. And that's what enabled me to play for. Many, many years, these guys. Yeah.
3: I, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, okay, Lil <laughs> will no, tell you, we'll tell you. Uh, I mean,
4: I think watching
3: Christine for as long as, you know, we were on the, the national team, oh you know, one thing sticks out. I mean, there's a lot of things that stand out, but, you know, there's one day in particular that we would have this, um, beep test. And this test is to the line Sweating and back, right now. and the beep would go off, and you'd have to get to the line before at the beep. And Christine, would always be one of the last two, if not the last person running, meaning and, still standing, Yeah. Still, throwing up on the yeah, not, not the slowest, yeah, You're out everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, and, the and who survived it. And I think, you know, in all seriousness, to answer the question, it's she decided to do it, so she did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it. You know, just having this mental toughness and this decision-making ability. We all have the we have to make choices every day, and Christine's choice was go one more. Mm-hmm. Go one more, go one more. And we're all like, God, one more. OK. <laughs> but Christine was like, you know, she was so determined all the time to go one more. And, you know, I use her as an example to myself, to the, the girls that I coach uh, in in arenas like this to remind you that we're all capable of one more. Mm-hmm. And, but it's easier when you got people, yeah.
4: supporting you. Yeah, because
3: we were clapping
4: really loud to have you go one more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but there's we a, were long okay. since done. Hey, there's a great story from 04 uh, Olympics. So we, we would do these fitness tests and and it, the whole part of it, you're dying, you're feeling like I can't go anymore, and everyone's like, you look strong, you look strong. So, <laughs> so make it till you make okay. it. When you're running these tests, you're like, oh my god, shut up. <laughs> but I have to say, in 2004 in the semifinal against Germany. Saudi's out because she hurt her ankle and she just couldn't handle it anymore. She's a baby. <laughs> She's yeah. like soft. What it, it was. was soft. I mean, she couldn't suck she it up. She is tough. But it Jules, might have been broken or something but <laughs> like, suck it up. Ankles. Jules has the prettiest ankle. Baby so ankle. You really do. It was They're very like, petite. So Thank you. It's very petite. Anyway, so okay. Jules is out on the sideline and it's towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the left midfield and I'm right near a bench and we're, we're playing Germany and we're up and I don't know how much time's left and we had the ball there and all I could hear from Julie from the sound is like, you look strong! <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking, yes I do! <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: never heard that Oh wait.
4: There, <laughs> there's not that. many stories I haven't heard. I know. And know. Um, and we were in on the attacking part awesome. of Germany so we were possessing the ball and you normally you don't possess in the attacking third as well as you do Rest field, yeah, and we're knocking the crap out of the ball. Yeah, and Jason. Jules is yelling, I'm like, We're winning! <laughs> <laughs> and but when I hear it say that we're being practiced, I'm like, Oh gosh, I don't feel so strong. But yeah, like yeah. I said, the support and it, little stuff
5: matters. Wait, well, can I just say one more thing about Christine? Oh, look at that! Yeah, like, <laughs> like, Let's talk
2: about Christine.
5: <laughs> like- so I came into the team later, um, in 93, and these guys were already there. And the one thing I learned from Christine over all that time that she played was she was forever ready. Forever ready. And that's huge. And that means that when Christine was home, away from the team, she was forever ready to play. She was always fit. She was always working. She was always after it. When nobody was watching, when everybody was watching, when she was tired, when she was happy, when she was sad, you never knew what was going on in Lil's life because she was forever ready to play at her best all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think for everyone in this room, what that means for you is in your careers or wherever you're trying to get to or however you want to express yourself and get to the pinnacle, are you forever ready to get there? Mm-hmm. So when the opportunity presents, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Christine was always ready. Oh, I got a Christine story then. Oh, yeah. This is like... Yeah, so this okay. is your life, Christine.
4: <laughs> look, I'm so tired. Yeah. So tired. You look strong. Yeah, you look strong. It's half cap So, uh,
3: You showed a picture earlier where Christine was heading the ball off the line. It had gotten past Bride. Yes. Was, this was in the final. That was... Oh, shit. Yeah. There it is. Right, right. there. So, uh, the, the look at my Chinese... Look at how high <laughs> you jump, Like, three inches.
4: <laughs> awesome. But it is, wasn't that, it was not the
3: no. angle but than it's, the front angle but it's, you all, it's there. all you needed. it was enough uh, <laughs> anyway. but i tell this story a lot uh, about this moment because you know so many times in ready. all of our lives we we get bogged down by the the mundane the monotony the you know we have to do something over and over and over again and mm-hmm. and sometimes we decide that mm, i can bypass that thing and christine's job was to stand inside the uh, this post the yep. near post and in case it got past Bry, she would make a play. But I think I say, like, in every practice and in every game we played leading up to this, I've never seen Christine have to make a play. Right. Mm-hmm. So the details matter. You know, when someone says you have to do this and you think, eh, it's not worth the time... Do it, love that. Do it because if Christina decided, like she saw a player, like oh, I need to go and mark that player, or I, I you know, I haven't had to make a play here, so I'm not. I'm going to move out of this space. We
5: wouldn't be having this conversation if she's not exactly yeah. where she was supposed to be, exactly to the inch. We would look miss. at you, Brian, yeah. looking yeah. back. Go down. Yeah. I'm oh, like, oh, she's, she's like, yeah. there, and then it came back out. Yeah. I was like, I was like oh, oh, shit.
0: <laughs>
2: and, and
5: then it woo, <laughs> in it brandy bicycle and then,
2: came, it. It came back out and it was like this apple it bounced and it's waiting there and i'm like someone <laughs> oh. and of course brandy doesn't just like volley it out no. she's like Bites it out. You <laughs> out. Out. <It's laughs>
3: hey you gotta do what you gotta do uh, something. Yeah. Uh,
2: we're still trying to figure out how to clone lil like, yeah well when, when, yeah, we i, that I don't think we need
1: to she seems like she's gonna be just like this forever yeah. just still ready hey, to kick Thanks, aura. guys. yeah nice. um we are um, running out of time and i do want to get to questions so we really Really quickly, thirty seconds or less. Each of you, tell us seconds. what we're looking for for this summer's World Cup. What are you watching? Make us all smarter viewers for this year, this mm. year's team. Hmm.
2: Uh, you want me to start? Of course, you're going to even if I don't want to. <laughs> uh, thirty seconds. Uh, the front, th- the front three are excellent. Alex Morgan, we all know. Rapino, Tobin Heath. They're healthy. They're confident. They're scoring goals. The flip side of it is they're also letting in a lot of goals, which is uncharacteristic I can of this team. That. Yep. Bri, we'll talk about that. So they, they need those front three firing and healthy because they're going to have to score more. Last World Cup they won it on their defense. I think if they're going to win it this year, they're going to win it on their offense.
5: Bri. Yes. So with regards to why they're getting so many goals <laughs> scored on them, it's two things. One is a lack of cohesion of their back line. Um, Jill has been subbing people in and out a lot, and she's trying to find a, a good solid back four, and, and to her credit, you have to do that, but it also provides opportunity for your other team to counterattack you when you get so many players forward. Um, and the goalkeeping. This is the first time that neither myself, Hope, or Mary Harvey have been in the goal um, for the USA for a major tournament, and um, it's uh, Alyssa's first time. So what will be the dictator is whether she can rise above and have the confidence to shoulder the burden um, at some point that will come and when the game is, is up to her and if she can or can't do it.
4: Um, I think the one other thing, too, with the World Cup tournament coming up is just being healthy. And you get players like Megan Rapinoe, uh, uh, Rose Lavelle. That, two have been the kind of their personality players on the ball, very creative and crafty, um, keep them healthy and have, the, have them set the personality in the midfield because um, that's what they're going to need, that creativity in there. But they need to be healthy along with the rest of the team. Um, but overall, in the end, it comes down to coming together, mm-hmm. coming together each day, coming together to get the strengths out of each, each one of them to be successful.
3: Uh, I, I think since they covered all those, I'll say transitional moments. Um, you know, the, the ability to go from attacking to defending and can you do that in an organized way that we haven't seen a lot of midfield play. Uh, I, th- I think Julie's right. And, you know, we have great attacking players, but can we get them the ball where they need it? Uh, I, I also believe that the defense is a big issue in the decisions that the manager will have to make in terms of where to put Julie Ertz, mm-hmm. you know, is she a six in the defensive midfield or is she a center back? That's going to make a, a big difference for this U S national team
1: awesome i feel like i'm ready to watch and be an informed fan i love that <laughs>
3: back with more
1: that's what she said with sarah spain in just a minute this father's day gift dad a Tiso. Tissot is the official watch of the NBA, and the Tissot NBA Collection offers different timepieces for all 30 teams. Plus, the newest edition, the Tissot Chrono XL NBA Collector, is made with official Spalding game ball leather. Every Tissot timepiece delivers quality performance and traditional luxury at an unbeatable price. Shop the Tissot collection at us.tsoshop.com, and at select watch and jewelry stores nationwide.
0: That's what she said.
1: Oh god, so many questions, but no time for questions about that.
0: Okay, do we have one or two? Yeah, I work in the programming acquisitions department at ESPN, specifically on soccer acquisitions. All right. uh, <laughs> Yay. I just want to let you You've know been we really have busy then. <laughs> yes, we have uh, the U.S. Women's their final send off game before um, the. World Cup on ESPN. None of the men's games have been on ESPN. All on ESPN too. So excellent. I love (laughs) that. Thank you. um, I was at the '99 World Cup final. I was 10 years old. I was there with my. Where were you sitting? Um, I was sitting on the sunny side. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it (laughs) was the hottest day of my life. I don't know how you guys played in that. (laughs) It was incredible. Um, So I I mean, I played soccer my whole life. Um, I remember you guys being so dominant. And you know the women's team is obviously still very dominant now, but I, you kind of see, and I think this is great for the sport, as Julie was saying, that there's been a culture shift in a lot of countries. But you you get the sense that some of the countries are kind of catching up to where the U.S. has been. We had a bit of a head start, I think, in, in women's soccer, and um, you know now you see a bit a bit more parity among the teams. Um, do you think that there's anything that we, that we can do from like a grassroots level to make sure that we stay at the top there?
3: Yeah, I think educating coaches. So you have to, and you have to put your best people with your youngest players, because if they have good habits and they learn um, the the technical work when they're younger, then the you know the more intricate, complicated tactical things that happen in games, you know, can be learned a little bit later. So I think it's investment in coaches and by U.S. Soccer. I think it's in coaches investing in their own education and, you know, bringing the best to the youngest.
0: So you touched a little bit about why did it take 20 years to get on the same class of aircraft and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about if you've seen an evolution in in male allies trying to help us get this done. Or have you? (laughs) Uh, I will say one of
2: the greatest male allies we've ever had with the U.S. Women's National Team is our lawyer, John Langell, Yeah. who we call our tadpole angel from Power of One. He came in and in 1997 and he has two boys uh, and he says, I've, I've never had daughters and I consider you like daughters and you can't afford me. So I'm going to uh, do all this work pro bono well, until we make you some money. Um, and he was our lawyer that helped us transform that climate and culture and has been to this day we're all very close with John a wonderful male ally for us
4: fantastic
2: yes.
5: Yes.
1: That's it only because you're in the front and you're staring at me. Okay. So social media
4: is obviously very prevalent now. How would you think if Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook was around when you played, that would have impacted your movement in a way that these women now have social media to impact their movement now? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we were just talking about
3: this. Yeah. We
2: were talking about this this morning. It could have been awesome and very dangerous. <laughs> After. Yeah. yeah. Um, there would have been a lot of bad singing that you did not need to see <laughs> no, on social media. I mean, and I, I, <laughs> <laughs> not of Julianne.
3: Yeah, first yeah. no. uh, <laughs> voice of an her. angel. I mean, it's a gra- it's a it's a great question. I mean, we'll really never know the yeah. answer to that. But I think in terms of traction, you know, what we had to do, literally, we would do clinics to get a field to practice on, and we would, you know, we wouldn't have to do some of the things that uh, we we had to do if we had that kind of social media, because I think people would either have been outraged. Or they would have, you know, right away been like, "Hey, we have a place, you know, U.S. Soccer, do right. the right thing, and you know, provide this this situation." But um, I think they they are using it. In a very positive way, to make positive change, to show young women and young girls positive role models. So I think there's a lot of positive things um, that social media is doing and that the traction is there and that people care about what they're doing. So in that way, it's
2: it's, really good. But it's also very isolating. Yeah. You get on a bus, and what's the image you see of people on buses now? They're locked into their screens, mm-hmm. and the image. Whenever you see a bus picture of us, one there's a bunch of newspapers, <laughs> and, and you're old, yeah, because yeah. we're so old, and mm-hmm. no, because
3: and then Julie's ranting at the newspaper. You know? <laughs> all the politics in it. Yes,
2: <laughs> and then, well, that's our time, <laughs> <laughs> and then B-word. there's B-word. there's. <laughs> Laughter and there's talking and, and there's all this bonding time and I, and mm-hmm. I f- feel there's so many positives around social media but it's also very isolating. Yeah. How do you create a team when everyone's worried about followers and branding and mm-hmm. what your image is and being so conscious of that? I'm so happy we didn't have that honestly. Yeah. Alright,
1: a big round of applause for these amazing women. <laughs> like, hey, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh
0: That's what she said.
1: It's time once again for South Bitch Sessions, where I rant about something that bothers me and I fix it. New York cabs. What is the deal with New York cabs being able to just reject you when you hail them? Your job is literally to drive me places. And when I say the airport or across the bridge into Brooklyn or somewhere you don't feel like going, you just drive away from me? It's these damn shift changes, which I have just done some research on because I had been told multiple times as cabs were driving away from me, it's my shift change. We don't have that in Chicago. In Chicago, when you hail a cab and it stops, you get in it and you tell them where you're going and then they take you there because that's what a cab is for in New York. For whatever reason, all the cabbies essentially change at the same time right in the middle of the day. Apparently it's for fairness, so both 12-hour shifts have a lot of good time and and off time or whatever it is. But it literally makes it almost impossible to catch a ride between 4 and 5 p.m. in New York. In fact, there was an article about this in the New York Times a couple years ago that said the number of active cabs on the streets between 4 and 5 falls by nearly 20% compared with just an hour before. So maybe I'm just really unlucky But one day if I snap, it's going to be about me in New York hailing a cab, telling them where I want to go, and having them drive away from me. Once I even got in a cab, I went about five minutes toward my desired destination, and he pulled up to another cab, chatted with the driver, and moved me over to the other cab instead, mid-ride with all my luggage, because he just wanted to end his shift for the day. I mean, I get it. I get it. You want to take a break, or you want to call it a day, or there's a shift change, but mid-ride to put me in another cab? I have never once gotten rejected by a cab in Chicago, but every time I go to New York, some jackass is squealing away from me after I say LaGuardia through the barely lowered window that he is peering out at me through. So you know what, New York cab drivers, I'm going to start using ride shares. And normally I feel bad for you because you got to pay for your medallions and these ride shares, these Uber and these Lyft people are taking all your money. But I don't feel bad anymore because you keep pulling up, hearing where I want to go, and then driving away from me. All right, I feel good about what we accomplished today. New York cab drivers stink, and even though I feel bad for them, I'm going to stop using them most of the time. Except for when I feel bad for them, and then I'll use them. But only if they don't peel away from me when I say where I want to go. There. I fixed it. This week's listener dilemma comes via Cheryl Zam. Cheryl Zam. And she says there's a growing epidemic of women wearing ridiculously long eyelash extensions. I had a woman in my office today whose eyelashes look like spider legs. I could barely concentrate on what she was saying while she was blinking. It's occurring in women young and old. For heaven's sake, stop. All right. As a proud wearer of eyelash extensions, at first I was going to rebuff your complaint because I'm all for the ease of the semi-permanent lashes that I don't have to bother with for weeks at a time. Especially since every single time I've ever tried to put on fake eyelashes by myself, I've literally glued my eyes shut. And then I cry my makeup off trying to separate them. And then I have to throw the lashes out because I busted them up. And then I have to do my makeup all over again because I have tear stripes all over my face. So I'm in to the semi-permanent lashes. That's all I need to say. But you're right. The spider look has gotten out of control. Too long, too clumpy, too thick. They don't look real. And they do look like spiders on people's faces. So my advice for this dilemma is... Uh, I I don't know. You're going to have to very gently tell this woman and any other woman that you see that, you know, she's taking it too far and and be prepared for that reaction to not be great because, you know, the Kardashians are spreading the word of these spider lashes and everybody knows that everyone wants to look like the Kardashians. So we might be sol on this one. Listener dilemmas are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire you've got a dilemma for the commission to fix tweet it to me at sarah spain or go to the itunes or podcast app subscribe rate and review and leave the dilemma in your review thanks as always for lasting about an hour with me
0: that's what she said